minutes, 38 remaining. Lee by 10 points. Fremantle's going to lose here. Sandler ends the big fist. Look at that deal. Dorkers and welcome once again as always pre-recorded and edited Dork Talk here for the last time well maybe the last time maybe not but Matthew Judd how are you? We're definitely not coming at you live uh, we, definitely do more <laughs> than, we definitely do more than one take and definitely not brought to you by Cooper's Brewery Session Ale if you're sick Ooh. of those emu exports and swan drafts the cooper's session ale is a delicious treat and it's getting me through this app oh man i love a session ale um back on a wednesday juddy because we're probably a little bit more positive had a had a good game on the weekend yeah we can we can do it a bit earlier this week um less emotion less raw emotion um yeah oh yeah and also like you know our lives permitted it I feel You're like my so life commits it. <laughs> I've had some busy Well, weeks. I am busy. I'm busy tomorrow. So, yeah, we've had to convene on the Wednesday. We do jump the schedule around a bit, which keeps people guessing. It's sort of good. Last week, I we had a few random messages. And shout out if you did message us. I forget who, who messaged us on Facebook. Being like, hey, are you guys doing an app this week? <laughs> We're like, yeah. yeah. love that. We're like, yeah, we promise we are. And <laughs> we know it's pretty random sometimes. <laughs> had heaps of people hassling me about the... Um, the indigenous player I called White, Barry Cable. Barry Cable, when you were like, is Barry Cable white? And I was like, <laughs> one, I'm pretty sure he's indigenous, and two, I'm pretty sure we were doing an indigenous quiz at the moment. <laughs> the evidence is I, damning. I, it, well, I do not know why the AFL put up a photo of white, a white old man in a North Melbourne scarf. I don't so know, man. We will, that threw me. Um, but yeah, besides that feedback, it's mostly been positive. I think Leone got stuck positive. into us about that. Yeah, good on you, Lonnie. Probably keep fact checks now. Someone needs to keep us in line. So thank you, Leonie, for that. I mean, she is. If she's going to be fact checking all my stuff, she's going to. She's, she's going to have a busy time. job. If she's going to yeah, be fact checking. She got me flat out. I hope. Yeah, I know. Like Leonie, you don't bite off more than you can chew. Fact checking us. <laughs> and I mean that brings into a very interesting point because this we got a bit of a different different layout for tonight's episode i mean very last and probably last but certainly not least we're going to get into your finally get into on the back of the all australian being announced we're going to get into juddy's best, best ever dockers team, team. Ever. requested by and ducky actually it. shout out to ducky and oz a lot of players in there i don't know <laughs> oh funny funny that <laughs> <laughs> so i look forward to hearing about them as much as i'll give as you people my little story do. about all of them <laughs> Um, but no, we'll move into the game, we'll go into some season highlights, um, talk about maybe what might happen in the off-season, a bit of finals talk. Uh, we've got a very special segment from probably coming up now, the new number one ticket holder. Definitely a Carrington Jones is the number one ticket holder, but like they can fight it out, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Jack's going Jack's to gonna chime in and talk to us about fixtures, very interesting talk on fixtures and the solutions and fixing. Um, yeah, so we're going to somehow... A few trains coming past, sure. you know, it's all happening. Yeah, we're not sure how we're going to edit that in, but it's very exciting to talk, talk to edit in a segment. Um, hopefully it runs... Tommy T train, probably. <laughs> but we will get to that as well. Jody, do you want to dive straight in? Is there a in? score? Well, yeah, give I us feel a score. like the score, it sort of reflects our development and shortcomings at the same time. So... 9-13-67, Fremantle, defeated by Collingwood, 11-10-76. So I feel like the 9-13 is endemic to how we play, particularly against good sides, where I reckon four of them were like Joey the Goose, and I reckon another two or three were ones that didn't score or like didn't eventuate into a score that should have been goals. Yep. And I feel like four or five of the Collingwood ones were like, they weren't opportunities that they turned into a goal. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. oh, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts so much. 
Um, we, yeah. I think we kicked one goal four or one goal five in the last quarter. This, the, yeah, exactly. So last quarter, so it was eight eight to eight eight at uh, three quarter time. It was a draw, <laughs> and we yeah. scored one goal five, and they scored three goals two. Yeah, it was in very. The last quarter. We weren't good enough. We just weren't good enough for long enough. Um, but a terrific, a terrific showing, especially after um, them kicking the first three yeah. goals of the game. We went on a we went on a roll, and what was probably most impressive, we turned around. I was everything very that had happened in the first quarter. We turned around and kicked five unanswered goals. Yep. Um, the scoreworms is hilarious. It's it's literally just up and down, up and down, up and down. It's a good game. Uh, but yeah, we we rooted, um There were some set shots. Cam Mack missed a set shot. He missed that running goal. Um, I think Langdon missed one. Fife missed one. Five is one late, yeah. Well, in the end, if you look at the, the stats, we won the disposals four hundred three to seventy two. We won the clearances thirty six to thirty three. We won the inside fifties fifty three to fifty. We lost contested possessions by six. Just um, we had less tackles, which is probably a good indication of um, we had the ball a lot more. But you know they probably hunted us a bit better. Um, yeah. But I feel like okay, take it all into account. Collingwood were going into finals. They probably knew they were going to make, like they, they were definitely going to make finals, but they probably knew that they didn't have to be at their absolute cherry ripe best to beat us. But they did need to beat us still. So there was a fair bit on the line for Collingwood. They had top two, technically. I, I didn't give us a Well, they know, needed a Brisbane to win against Eagles, but yeah. But I mean, you still imagine, you know, um, it would have been obviously tough, but they would have... They had a lot, you know. They did have a lot. I, no, I, I completely agree. So I feel like, one, you could say, yeah, Collingwood probably had less motivation. It wasn't a dead rubber, though. They they had to win to make top four. And, you know, in the end, they had to play decent footy in the last quarter to beat us, even though they might not have been at their yep. best. But it's pretty good showing, I thought, that when we play decent footy, we can play against these guys. Yeah. And we, we started to grind it out. And, I mean, best thing is we got a lot of room for improvement. Like, we could have quite easily won that game. Like I said, Cam, We should have won that like game. If you think about the, the, the misses we had late. Yeah. We had two misses late. And then the goal that they got to seal it was, um, what was but it, Kirsten that got, missing that, like... Yeah, just skidded past Kirsten. And then poor Wilson. Wilson nearly... Wilson saved the goal previously and somehow ran it out and got it to like 70 or 80 metres from goal and then had to defend again and he slipped as he kicked it and he kicked it straight to a Collingwood player and kicked the goal. Yeah. And it's like, Wilson, I always want you to know that it's not your fault. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a goodwill hunting, it's not your fault moment. <laughs> and he'd be crying <coughs> and bawling and his eyes of, out. Yeah, they were, they were just too good for too long, unfortunately. But so much more to like. Um, there were a few things that few issues that I've got with the I, I, Cox was very frustrating and way the forward line again work I feel like what's kind of going on with Tabano and Cox out there is that every time they get one on one it's like really try kick it to them just for the sake of kicking it to them one on one like give them you know if they're on the wing they're one on one really respect that lead and like hit them up like it doesn't matter if he wants it on their head or where he wants it but really try that yeah Oh, I agree. Um, and kick it. Um, a lot of the time, like, Cox would just stand there and just wave. Yeah, Cox like, is a wave leader. Rather than, like... Yeah, I agree. He sits behind the pack 40 metres, and then if we get the ball, he really... We get the ball off and heading backwards, not in, like, a forward motion. And then he just kind of waves it on, rather than, like, he should he should either head one direction or the other. Like, I push up like... forward and create space behind you, or yeah. or just start dropping back and leave leave that hole open but that 40 meters he stands i think he needs to either step back to 50 and just as soon as we get it just just straight straight up big hit up rather than waving it towards him yeah i agree i feel like cox needs to mature as a ball movement player like he needs to be able to understand how to attract the footy you know like guys like pav and rewalt and all these guys they move to demand the uh, re, uh, Jack Rewald as well. They move to demand the footy, whereas Cox is like the opposite. He almost moves just like kick it to me and stands there, and then yeah. they do, and then he's like you know, pretty lazy 
when the ball, like whether he's just burnt because he's run around too much or whether he's just lazy because he's only young, um, yeah, he sort of just doesn't do enough to demand the footy. Whereas Tabner has really learned that he he motors around the field to earn his possessions, yeah. which is probably something good. Um, Bradley Bradley Hill, thirty five touches. We'll talk about the yeah. rumours about him later, but I thought he was really he was awesome. Like this is what we want Bradley Hill to do. He doesn't even need to get that many. He can have twenty five. It's good when he's he's calling himself by his real name. He's not trying to sneak into places. Yeah, Stephen Hill wasn't playing, so he could he didn't have to pretend. <laughs> um, no, he did. There was a few players that were. Um, Lockie Neal, I thought was really good. Yeah, a lot of the time, like noticeably good, like busting out of packs and doing things. Ed Langdon. We'll probably move. What about our main man? Doodle Doo Man. Oh, Tooman. Not the main man. Mate, not Chris Main. <laughs> I thought you were talking Chris Did Mayne. you notice Chris um, Mayne missed some goals, like two or three shots? He missed two. And every, I tried to boo him and I got yelled at for booing mate, him. Mate, every time he got the ball and some, like one of my mates, non-Docker, non-Collingwood, non would be like, I imagine if Chris Mayne kicks this, I was like, Chris Mayne owes us like five to 30 missed goals in important stages. So if he kicks this, I'll be very he angry and then he missed them. <laughs> and I was like, no, he, he owed us them. The, um, off the kick in as well, he did a really good spoil. Um, he's playing really well, though. Good he's on done him. well. He's a role player, which he wasn't yeah, with us, but, too, but he just took a while. But what what about our man, Doodle Doo Man? Doodle Doo Man should have got that right and started. 24 sure. touches, um, 8 marks, 7 tackles. Uh, yeah, just dominated. I went through all his stats, mate. It, he killed it. And then old, what was it? Uh, Norton for Richmond, who was playing Richmond at the MCG, so, of course, people were watching. Whereas the... The selectors were like, oh, Collingwood are playing over in Freo. Oh, like, do we have to watch that game? No, probably not. Let's just watch this Richmond game and then decide then. Not, yeah, not sure how he got overlooked. I think the biggest thing was like, you have a look. I know how he got he overlooked. <laughs> yeah, where did he rank in terms of the game? Like, six leading possession getter. Six leading possession like, getter. Like, and, but the thing was, like, if you watch the game, you know when Tom Cole got his thing. He actually had some really crucial possessions when he, I think he beat out Dooman maybe last time or I don't know, he beat out one at like maybe Brayshaw. But Tom Cole had some, he had like 18 touches but like a few of them were like quite clutch intercept possessions. Dooman was doing those and he was really clean in the defence under pressure. I was like, Dooman is killing it. Like he's proving why we, why he's a good player. And then they're like, oh, that other guy that played against Richmond. Yeah, he had a few marks. Like, we'll give it to him. Yeah, Magic number 33. I can't wait for like, the doodle Fuck, doodle. it just, so it just get the gym. perpetuates the thought that, you know, if you're not in Melbourne, you're not playing AFL. No. That's VFL, mate. I thought a few guys um, were pretty good, though. Ethan Hughes did some good things. Hamling was so good to have back. He's so crucial to our defence. Yeah, He's the general. So He's the general. Ryan and Blakely. Uh, I'd um, love to have Blakely and Ryan in there as well. I reckon we almost win if Blakely and Ryan are in there. Yep. But then our man Doodle probably doesn't play. Yeah, so. that's true. It's going to be a hard defence to pick, isn't it? I reckon Blakely into well, the midfield. Five forward. Well, let's move in. <laughs> Do you want to move into talking about the year, the trades, the ins, a bit of drafting, what might happen, who might get delisted? We probably haven't touched on probably the biggest thing for the game is that the boys getting up for MJ. Yeah, um, mate. Which was really nice. And he, what a what yeah. a man. Yeah, second half of the season. I feel like he came out and reminded us why he is, um, he is so and good. We, and the Dockers. Yeah, exactly. We were with first to admit we wrote him off. We were like, "You're out, Jono." Like, sorry, mate. Yeah. And he was like, "You know what? I actually still have a little." I think he was running on the fumes of like, I don't have anything else to go after this. But he is yeah. still a very good player, and he'll go out. He played on Mason Cox, and you could just... The only thing... Like, his ability to read the ball better made up for everything. Because, you know, he... he Smart played player. Really well on the, oh, man, he just, like, pushed him under the ball, like, led him to the ball. Like, he just could read it so much better and quicker and just to be that size and to still outplay someone yeah, like he that. Yeah, he's shows. turned back the clock the last maybe... Four Three, four weeks. It was good. I'm really glad he got those last few weeks in because it's sort of... He's out on a high now. I reckon he'll be really happy with that finish. Oh, we all um, are. Good on him. 
he got to prove that you know he still got it, and uh, <coughs> and he goes out on a high. It would have been awesome to win for him, but I feel like they did do everything they needed to. They could have won that game easily. They should have won that game stats wise. Um, it was just polished. D Pierce, his send off game for Peel. Yeah. Well, they get absolutely smoked yeah, and knocked out of the they nearly lost. They lost by eighty points to East Perth, the Eagles team. Uh, not good, but apparently D Pierce was like, "No, I don't want, I don't want a charity game." Like, <laughs> so fair enough. Yeah, like, he went a different would... tact, more or less. I think if you're in that, like if you haven't been in the team, it would probably you probably wouldn't feel comfortable around your peers being elevated for that reason. D- considering how many thirty-five touches he'd had or forty touches he'd had in for Peel. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can come in now because it's the final game. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rough. He could have... I don't know. Yeah. I feel for him. Oh. I feel like... Um, Tuck said it pretty well. I sent through the uh, transcript or something to the to our little uh, WhatsApp group. And it was like about Lion talking about how they hear when Daniel Pierce was a whipping boy. Like, he hears that and we all hear that. Um and that's why he doesn't want to just come back into the team for a charity game. And then everyone was like, oh, we feel really bad now because <laughs> we were the ones to <laughs> making him the whipping boy indirectly and directly. Um, Not our fault. Uh, a lot of the, I mean, I stand by a lot of the comments we made. However, it's also you, you forget the person behind the, the, the player. Um, yeah, he does deserve some acknowledgement for what he has done. Yeah, he's played... What, 200 games or whatever, 180 games. The send-off yeah. game's probably there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought in general, MJ, good work. Um, Lee Spur was a, one of those hard nuts, solid contributors. It was really good to to have while he was around and, and you know, body sort of let him down towards the end. But 100-game um, player for Frio, which is pretty sweet. He well, came off a there's rookie our three. list. Our three sweet 30-year-olds retiring off our list. Let's move into some list talk to what might happen in the off-season. There's some trade talk and rumours going around. I mean, we're going to lose Hill. Um, Not sure where he's bought a golf membership yet. (laughs) Yeah, Brad Hill wants to leave, according to (laughs) rumour. Who? Who Uh, is this rumour? just rumour. The best was he came out and he's like, yeah, like I, I have two years to go on my contract and I asked to come here like literally 17 months ago. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going anywhere. I've just started a business here with my missus who lives here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ross said that. He's like, I don't know, but he just opened a Pilates business. <laughs> His missus did. Like, I imagine he's one of Ross's favourites. He's like, you understand the Hawthorne system. You're a relatively skillful player who moves the ball well. You're experienced enough yet still young and fit into the like rebuild thing. I imagine he's going to be the next Daniel Pierce, basically. We need speed and we need skill. Yeah. Um, Bradley's got a lot of it. Um, yeah. We've got to get Mate. around his Mrs. Pilates class. Brad Hill has a sweet dog, a big Great Dane. And it's a... He's got two dogs. Yeah, the other dog's pretty gay. Two dogs. <laughs> the other dog's pretty gay. But in all serious, we lose the three 30-year-olds, Juddy. We sign Ballantyne. What's that, mate? Ballantyne. We lose the three 30-year-olds, yeah. the 30-pluses. Well, the weird... We keep Ballantyne. We keep Sanderland. Ballas. You could easily cop Sandy, but Ballas... I mean, Ballas kicked four goals on the weekend. They were all, they were all on the end of team play. Like, he didn't... We should have, we should have probably touched on the Ballas... Um, the I think game he showed well, he can still provide, critics. but I still feel like if he plays more than like 12 games next year, um, it's a failure for us. Like he yeah, should be next year's Michael Johnson and Daniel Beers. I just think it, given what he would cost in terms of um, salary cap and what it would to keep him on, to keep someone with that experience, our forward line has no like. Maybe him as a bit of a leader down there and someone to offer to help out. Um, I assume he would work his absolute butt off during the week and would set a good example. Um, be good for banter. Speaking of people, be good to banter. We should get Barlow back. Yeah, but Nick we'll Barlow. Get into Poor Nick Barlow. 
So I play footy with a guy that's um, one of the sportsy, sciencey people at the Suns. And um, he was like, he reckons Mick Barlow was down at the club from 9am um, Monday morning when they were doing all the list stuff or Tuesday or whatever. And he was like, he knew his, he, his name was up. And he was just like trying to make them tell him like what was going to happen. And then apparently at 3pm they were like, yeah, mate, sorry, you're delisted. So he had to wait at the club for like, what, six hours. <laughs> Sounded He's pretty rough. He's been chopping in seconds, hasn't he? Hey? He's been chopping in seconds, hasn't he? Well, since yeah, he, he got back to ones the last few weeks. But um, more or less, he's been getting like Tom Mitchell numbers in the twos, uh, in the knee full, like you know, 50 touches type thing. Like 54, 57, like ridiculous numbers. Like hit too much of the footy. Yeah, a bit scary. But I was probably bringing him up. Do you think his possibility to come back to the Dockers for a year on a similar style contract to Valentine? I think he has about as much chance of playing for free next year as you or I do. However, had the roles been reversed and he is Valentine with the same contract status back in the day and Valentine was Barlow, I reckon Valentine was cut. Barlow was good, man. But at the moment, can you imagine if they brought Barlow in besides being a coach or something or a development person? Like bringing him back as a uh, Mzungu. What? Mzungu, mate, he's running water. Yeah, yeah, he's but he's a Superman style one day strip into, strip into the outfit again. No, I think How about that Barlow guy that back. plays he's, for... Um, we need speed. Plays need for skill. GWS called Aiden Bona. He looks heaps like Mzungu. Yeah, I know. He's really good. He's, he's a jet, but he looks so yeah. much like Mzungu. <laughs> he looks like Mzungu is just angrier younger brother. Yeah. Like he's a bit With bulkier. a big boner. Um, yeah, he's very good. Um, any other trade movements you can see happening in the off-season? You haven't come up with much. I've been trying hey, to mate, list out D-list things. So the rumours are the trade-ins. So the Hogan rumours have resurfaced. I'm on a few demons oh. pages, and the Hogan rumours... Uh, resurfacing big time in Melbourne uh, Rory Lobb is another one that's um, discussing it and then obviously Mitch McGovern before Mitch McGovern announced it the rumours were rife they were like Mitch McGovern wants out and then he's he's announced he wants to trade but apparently he's nominated Carlton which is a bit weird he's nominated Carlton so that the number one pick is um, on the table South Australian or guy well it's a South Australian guy yeah okay um, so Adelaide will pick him up yeah, gotcha. Um, and then why he wants to go to Carlton, though. But yeah, I mean, don't know. Patrick Cripps plays there. It's about all I can think yeah, of. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, mate, you're going to have it kicked on your head more at Carlton than you would at, uh, at Freo. And we kick it on people's oh, head boy. a lot. Um, so besides Brad Hill, apparent rumours, Oz is big on Neil wanting to go. I don't know where he's mate. getting this information from, but I listened to a Neil press conference today and he's like, I've got a year to run on my contract and he's like talking about all the tactics and stuff. I was like, oh, it doesn't really sound like he's planning to leave to this year. Mate, Neil goes, I go, basically. Yeah, it's pretty rough if, if Neil, Neil goes. Hey, I know, there might be some leagues to it. He might be like, this club better turn it around or something. Let's make an ultimatum. He's, he's going to be Dork worth a lot goes. of money at the end of his next contract. Dog talks off if we lose Neil. Yeah. That right. The club loses door. We're going with Neil and we're just going to do a podcast on whatever football club he goes yeah. to. The other one's Chera. Everyone's like, oh, he's leaving. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh. I think he's just one year into a two-year deal and has been rumoured to be, like, the, the deal's drawn up. He just wants to talk to his parents. It's probably just a matter of how long the extension is more than anything. But I think... It sounds like Lyon has been very good to those younger players, particularly Brayshaw and Jera. So I doubt he'd want to leave just because. So I don't know. We'll wait and see. Which is, what are they? One and two and two. Two and, and five, mate. Fruit and veg. Two and five. Fruit and veg. That's it. Um, yeah. um, did you want to dive into some? We'll go from some Dockers talk. Did you want to dive into final? Well, we've got the buy, which I mean, we can talk about the buy if you want to. The finals, pre-finals buy. Get your quick thoughts on that, and then maybe we can look at. We've got. Yeah. We've got a while till we have our first round of finals. Uh, I don't mind the pre-finals buy. 
if it means pet players are more more available. I reckon they should almost... I reckon Ducky said it heaps. The buy before the grand final would be more important. So you could have all of the like Brownlow staff and all the players could attend. All the players would be ready and available to go to the MCG. It would make the fact that the grand finals at the MCG way less of a factor because you've got like 14 days to prepare for it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I reckon a buy before the grand final makes it way fairer for all the teams. So like Adelaide having the home final last year and Richmond get to like host it and stay home and then have Adelaide travel to their home ground even though Adelaide had the home final. It would have made 10, it's, 14 days would have made it a lot fairer for everybody. It, unless you can have something like that, the pre-finals buy, not the pre-grand final, but the current system doesn't provide like an even positive like it's just kind of random if it benefits a team or doesn't benefit well the current system is just purely based on not having round 23 a rest round yeah more or less there's the ross line rule more or less um but the pre the grand final buy is exactly like you should have a week off before the grand final i'm all for that Um, i reckon i would be more than happy with the afl decision to just sign the grand finals for MCG, like even though it was probably always going to happen, but if you were like, okay, we understand, if they were like, we understand that it's pretty unfair that interstate teams need to travel to play Melbourne teams at the MCG, we're going to give you an extra week to come over, and everyone would be like, oh, that's pretty sweet. Like now we have heaps of time to travel, and there's no like six day turnaround or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, okay, but that would make too much sense. That's probably a little bit too logical they want to make yeah. sure that no one gets rested in round 23 but they don't care about the unfair advantage they would the bring Victorians that up on the agenda the they'd bring that up on the agenda right before the person says how about we get normal cameras for a goal review system yeah. where we can actually review the score they'd be like that's ridiculous we'll stick with um, our, umpire hat cam and yeah. the one from like 10 deep on the wing <laughs> they're better can we zoom you know, in better from the eagle <laughs> Aussie the Eagle, yeah. who oh. flies around pre-game for the Eagles. Good That's God. the only time you will see worse footage on the big screen <laughs> at the football. It's Aussie the Eagle, and then it's the goal review. Yeah, pretty much. Looking for that finger bend. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. I don't know. So do you want to predict the finals? So this, this year, what, first week of finals? Let's have a quick look. Um, so I'm a big fan of the Should Thursday game of finals, by the way. Um, oh, mate, Thursday football. I think we both awesome. um, constantly, yeah, we love. I love Thursday footy. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thursday footy, Richmond Hawks is going to be a Christmas cracker. <laughs> that will be yeah. amazing. And I love Which, it. who gets up, Juddy? Hey? Come on, who gets up? Oh, I reckon Richmond by within two goals. Like, I'd go under 15 and a half points. I reckon You're that'll come Richmond? down to the last quarter, yeah. And I reckon I'm Hawks could Hawks. be up and Richmond come back. Um, no, nah, I reckon Hawks going to win. You reckon up. the Hawks are going to win? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then Friday. So ha- heaps of people in Melbourne are like, it's so unfair that there's a Thursday Victorian game. It's like Richmond have a hundred thousand members and Hawks have like seventy thousand. I'm pretty sure you can fill that stadium. And if not, <laughs> then like, who cares if eighty thousand people go to it? That's still a lot of people. Yeah, who's not going to go? And and the best was, like, Eagles had to play a Thursday final last year. No one complained about that. They're like, yeah, it's sweet. We get to watch a final on a Thursday. <laughs> but we don't... It doesn't affect us, so that's fine. But as long as it doesn't affect us in Victoria, you fucking pussies. <laughs> so, we've got on the Friday the Victorian clash. Melbourne's along. Yeah. Thoughts? Oh, well, I've got a mate that's a D's fan, and I was like, oh, what do you think? And he's like, it's all about revenge. I was like, what do you mean revenge? He's like, would you long beat us by a kick both times? It's like, well, yeah, that's not their fault. <laughs> like, they beat you Get They em. beat you the first time because Gorn can't kick and they beat you the second time because you couldn't close the game out and then Zach Tui kicked that goal. Yep. Like, it's Which not Geelong's fault. <laughs> it's not revenge. No. Like, revenge would be like Frio versus Eagles next year when Gafford punched our player out. Fireworks. Oh, yeah. I thought it was real weird. 
Demon, Demon's fans are a very weird breed at the moment, though, because they haven't played finals oh, for so long, but they're very arrogant at the moment. So it's like, you know, their last final was against us, so... Yeah. <laughs> which, which says something. Yeah, that wasn't it. Um, and then um, the, the Sydney the GWS game. Derby final. The yeah, bridge, the, cl- the bridge. The Battle of the Bridge final. Battle of the Bridge, mate. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's a really good bottom four of the top eight. Yeah, it, it is. A lot of quality in that. Mate, okay, so Eagles-Collingwood, though. So the last time Eagles played Collingwood in a final was at... it was Chris Jubb was still playing. I think it was 07 or 08. And it was at Subi, and it was a draw, and it went to extra time, and Daisy Thomas killed it. <laughs> And they won, like Collingwood won an extra time. And it was the elimination final, I'm pretty sure, as well. It was ludicrous. Yeah, I think I remember that. Um, and I'm not good with remembering stuff. It was Chris Judd's last game as an eagle, I'm pretty sure, and then he got traded across. Um, Collingwood, Collingwood had a bulldog's chance for that game. Like, Ooh. do not write them off for that game because they've just played there. They get a 10 or 15, 14-day break or whatever it is, and then they're coming back. 13-day break. Yeah. They, like, they have a good look at that game. The, the, the buy shit. suits them very... Imagine if they had to travel back to Melbourne and then back within six days. Because they played on, on Saturday. or oh, seven days or whatever it is. The buy suits Collingwood there. Yeah, they've got it. I mean, it's big. <clears throat> Those top four teams is massive if you win that first week. Exactly. So. I don't know. That'll be a cracker as well. I reckon all four games are going to be, like, flip... Flips yeah. of the coin. Flips of the coin. Cannot wait. Um, footy's alive and well. Not sure why they're asking people oh, how to fix it. Not sure why they're making... Drastically. Yeah. Why, yeah. yeah. Let's not get too much in that. You know what we are going to get speaking of fixing things? What a good way to segue into our friend Jack's <laughs> Jack, fixtures talk. All right. So Jack Carrington-Jones has been letting us know for a while he's got a way to fix fixtures. And he did send us through... Some audio, and we'll cut to that right now. What's good, guys? Jacko here with something I like to call Jack's Junk. Glean from that what you will. Now, I've been putting some thought in lately how we could make the AFL fixtures more realistically fair. The best way forward I see is to work off a template basis that rolls over from year to year to year. This template will be based on the previous year's ladder position. To give you an idea, every year from now on, we will start off with a Thursday night game, which will be three versus four, Friday, one versus six, Saturday day games of 13th versus 14th, 11th versus 15th, twilight game of 8th v 12th, night game of 2nd v 7, Sunday kicking off with 10 v 17, 16 v 18 and then closing out the round with 5 v 9. Now if we were to put that template in for next year for the beginning of the 2019 season, we base it off the 2018 ladder. So what we would end up with is would be round one, Thursday night Collingwood versus Hawks to open the, open the season. Then Friday night, Richmond versus the Swans, Saturday day games, Dogs v Freo, Dons v Lion, Twilight game, Geelong versus Crows. Saturday night game, West Coast versus GWS. Sunday, kicking off with Port versus Gold Coast. St Kilda versus Carlton. And we close out the round with Melbourne versus North. Now, when putting this, when you would adapt the template for the whole, whole season, there'd be some simple rules, I think, which would be quite easily to implement. So you'd start off by having every team play each other at least once through the year. Teams 1 through to 6 will all play each other twice. Teams 7 through to 12 will all play each other twice. And teams 13 to 18 will all play each other twice. Which will give each team 22 games plus a buy round, giving us 23 weeks in the home and away season. All teams will be working on a home-away, home-away, home-away structure. Believe it or not, even Collingwood. No team positioned 13th to 18th or in the bottom third of the ladder from the previous year 
will play a Thursday or a Friday night game, just trying to stop the Collingwood debacle from this year. Now, I see there being some really strong positives for this idea. I believe it will promote better progress and better development of the bottom teams if they're all playing each other more, trying to stop so many beltings in our competition. Also promote a very congested ladder, congested ladder, sorry, with teams who should be playing other teams who from the previous year were in the same ballpark vis-a-vis progress towards a premiership. Now, I've really enjoyed watching the end of this year and the end of last year where even the last round was deciding who plays finals where and just keep some interest for everyone, even if you don't actually like watching every single game. We should also have less shit games vis-a-vis the no 13 to 18 on Friday or Thursday nights. North v Hawks. Anytime North v Hawks match up during the year, they will play in Tasmania. Sorry, folks, you are not getting any other games. Now, there are some quite big negatives that I think stick out straight away with this structure, which are there is no guaranteed two derbies or two showdowns, and I would say Battle of the Bridge, but nobody really cares about that, and whatever the Brisbane one is, not even the teams care about that. And the other thing I find as a big negative is that this structure gives you an idea of a whole new type of tanking where teams who maybe could have finished fifth or sixth want to drop down to seventh for an easier run at the run at the finals next year. One more really dry thing to go through is teams like Collingwood will be very upset because they have such have, have dropped away so many home games, which means their memberships will have to drop right down. But if they are as smart as they think they are with their management and marketing, what they'd be doing is going to clubs like North Melbourne and on their home games, they would be buying part of the stadium off them. Just for the simple fact is, if North Melbourne and Collingwood are playing at the MCG, I don't think there's enough North fans in Australia to fill that place, let alone their members. Thanks for listening to my rambling on, guys. I hope someone gets something out of it. I know Ben's often listen to this, so shout out to you, Gil. Um, love the stuff, boys. Can't wait to 20, 2019 Premiership year. Woo! Catch up. Thanks for that, Jack. We're back here now. Juddy, what are your thoughts? Part two of the episode with the wedge of Jack. Jack, I, I actually, most, most of Jack's comments I agree with, I think. And, um, I feel like it addresses a lot of the issues with inequalities in the draw and it takes out the ambiguity of like just Collingwood never leaving Melbourne and stuff like that. They're like, oh, no, that's just the draw. It's like, no, if we set something in stone, then there's no like, you can't be like, oh, no, we're not leaving Melbourne this year because of crowds. It's like, no, you're leaving because of the draw. Yeah. I so it's like, good. No, I'm I like interested. it. I'm, I haven't listened to it yet and I'm very interested. I'm going to have to, unfortunately, listen to our podcast to hear it, um, which I don't like. Fortunately. <laughs> Another reason to give us a listen. I listen in every week on four different devices to bump yeah. up our listens. Well, it's all about, it's all about sponsors, really. <laughs> Session Ale. Oh, yes. Delicious Ale. Uh, <coughs> well, sorry about that. We should, let's get into what recently just came out and is hot off the press. The All-Australian team All Australian, yeah. was just like announced. It. Probably some general things. Um, probably the biggest news, Buddy Franklin picks up his eighth. Equals, I think he equals the record. Oh, possibly, yeah. I think eight gives him um, that. And he was also Should skipper. we go through it quickly? Yeah, he picks up yeah, the... Buddy Franklin's a skipper's pretty out there decision. Um, so Tom Stewart from Geelong, which I think is a great decision. I think he was a really good defender. Alex Rance is sort of like... Alex Rance could play an average season and get in, but I thought he was like really good. But he sort of doesn't need to play that well to get in anymore. Yeah. And Rory Laird is a gun. Yep. Lockie Whitfield on a flank was excellent. Jerry McGovern picks himself as the intercept defender, and Shannon Hearn I think had an outstanding season. Um, on the wings, Andrew Gaff gets in, which I think by def- by performance like is hands down, <laughs> but. You know, we always thought there'd be like a political decision not to have him in. Still side side bottom on the other win. 
um, is a gun as well. I love him. Yeah. Dustin Martin is in the rants category of like he can play pretty well and have like five good games and he'll get in. Yep. <laughs> but he was really good. Uh, Dangerfield, same category. Buddy Franklin had an awesome year. Um, but the captain is a weird one. It's weird, uh, but I understand it. Robbie Gray is a gun. Bruce and Gunston in forward pockets, I think, is one of the better decisions because those two players are the best forward pockets in the game. Yep. Bruce, particularly, is an awesome forward pocket. Yeah. And then Jack Rewalt, the uh, Colin medalist at football. Followers, Max Gorn, Paddy Cripps, Tom Mitchell is 100% agree with. Um, interchange, love that Brody Grundy is on the interchange because it was between Gorn and Grundy. And I feel like this is a two-ruckman year. They were yep. both awesome. Uh, Sean Higgins had a great year. Clayton Oliver is actually a really good inside um, midfielder. He just can't kick that well, but um, but he, I don't know, he's like 21 or something, <laughs> so yeah. he'll get there. The only one I probably don't agree with is I reckon it's a uh, Victorian decision is Shane Edwards. Like He might have had a good year, but did he have that good a year compared to the other you know, 18 players that made the thing? Edwards is but, a bizarre you know, one to drop in. Over, overall... If 21 out of the 22 in an All-Australian I look at and I'm like, that's relatively fair, I'm pretty happy with that. My actually, I reckon, Lock- I reckon Lockie Neal would have been lucky to make the bench in there given our year, but I reckon he could have come in for Shane Edwards at most. Yeah. But I'm not that fussed that he's not in there. My biggest one, and this is probably going to be a bit weird, is I think that Tom, Tom Stewart drops out mm-hmm. and um, Elliot Yo. And I even oh, think... Oh, yeah, Yo could have definitely got in I there. I think Yo could have. Whitfield could have dropped to a back pocket, quite possibly, whatever. But I think the Eagles should have and quite easily should have had the whole halfback flank. Yeah, they could have. The, the other weird thing is... Um, or Robbie Gray Eagles, drops to the bench. Eagles fall into the same category as Frio do in terms of like just not getting recognised. So like Gaff has to have an outstanding year to make that team. Jeremy McGovern has to be like a $1.2 million player. Shannon Hearn has to have an outstanding year. Whereas uh, Dusty Martin might not have to have that good a year. Patrick Dangerfield doesn't have to have that good a year. <laughs> you know, these guys, Buddy Franklin, even though he was awesome this year, he doesn't have to have that good a year to still be the centre-half forward. Yeah, well, it's so nice to see Joel Selwood. Um, that's why Yo didn't get in. Those guys losing that walk-in yeah. start. Um, good on Buddy getting the captaincy. I think Shannon Hearn probably was the one that could have he, he could have been an awesome, yeah. Given he was captain, the captain. But do you award, what do you award? Is it is it the best captain in it who's already, I don't think the fact that you are already captain, I don't think that matters. I don't think you have to be the captain of your club. I don't think to so. Win all Rance was it last time. But I think given what the Eagles have been up against this year with injuries um, to maintain where they're at, I think Hearn has a lot of, um, you know, he, he could he, he's probably the one that I thought would have got it. But I do not mind it going to Buddy, given it's his eighth time. So, I mean, if this team went out and played, it's the eighth time he's gone out and played for him. So why not give him the, the big C? Yeah, I agree. Uh, like, I don't care too much about the, no. the captain of the All-Australian team is point. Like, no one remembers who the captain was beyond three years. Like, it's not like I was the captain of the All-Australian team. It's like, mate, you made it or you didn't. It's really a binary thing. They interviewed um, him after and Jared Waitley said, if you were running out with these guys, what would you say to them before a game? And Buddy said, kick it to me. Um, which I thought was pretty funny. So I just got a text from a mate, sorry I was a little bit distracted then, saying, AFL news, Jesse Hogan wants to stay in Melbourne, not go to WA. And then another article, Jesse Hogan isn't going anywhere, says Melbourne coach Simon Goodwin. And a mate's like, there you go, Frio trolls can go back into their caves. Um, and another mate's like, you realise that doesn't mean anything, like they all say that <laughs> and then leave. And he's like, go back into your cave, mate. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going back into your cave. 
Thank you for the live Hogan rumours. I know you'd love yeah, them. Yeah. No one loves trade rumours more than you, Jaddy. I do like trade rumours. Yeah. Um, right. Missed out on my sweet buddy Franklin gag, but that's all right. I got donuts from that. I thought maybe the internet. Yeah. I feel like I feel like eh, you'll get some heat. You get some heat about that later. Um, let's speaking of the All Australian team picking teams. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Are you ready and able to present to us the all-time greatest Docker team ever? Uh, I'm relatively ready. Um, what I would like throughout this is every time I say a player, I want you to tell me what you know about them and then I'll tell you my story about them. Yep. Can I introduce... Do you want to do, do it? Can we do it the way that the All-Australian was introduced? So, like, the fullback is introduced with the full forward? Which direction do you want to go? Well, we can start wherever, but as you name the... F- back pocket you have to name the forward pocket so I'll ask you to name your forward pocket and your back pocket and you name the two of them or do you just want to do it normal because a conventional method do you want to just go through them let's just go normal let's go normal hey <laughs> alright can you please right, name so coming out of a back yeah, I don't know where that worked alright coming out of a back pocket Scotty Chisholm what do you know about him monkey nothing alright so Ducky and I know him quite well, and by quite well, we bailed him up once. Oh, Scotty Chisholm's nickname is the Prince of Pockets. Yeah. He's in that photo of us where he's holding our pockets. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we sent you that photo once, and you were like, why is he holding your pockets? And we're like, mate, he's the Prince of Pockets. (laughs) He's a good good dude. He's a good player anyway. Um, All right. Stephen O'Reilly. Fullback. Um, I do remember him um, in a few highlights and stuff like that, but it was a bit before my time. It was a pretty cliche. Was he cliche? Like, ugh, man, nah, he was before my time, mate. Yeah, he was pretty, like he was a bit before my time too. Apparently, Stephen O'Reilly was on the mark for... I'm pretty sure it was Stephen O'Reilly, not McGovern. Yeah, it was Stephen O'Reilly. He was on the mark for Gary Ablett's thousandth goal and... Possibly Dunstall's thousandth goal. Like he was on the mark for two proper milestone AFL record goals. It was pretty sweet. Um, just a classic defender. One, a lot, both of them weren't with Freo. He came to Freo and he was locked down. No one scored goals against Freo. Similar to today. Um, <laughs> Roger Hayden. Roger Hayden. And so two Indigenous back pockets. Yeah, man. Um, Mate. Three indigenous backline players. I think Ibbotson might. No, he's not. Hey, we haven't got to Go the backline. Um, yeah, Roger Hayden. I got good, good fond memories of him. Silky, silky on the backline. Good back pocket, hey. Yeah, terrific back pocket. Um, Would float forward late in his career and kick goals, but mate, Roger Hayden was a gun. I liked Roger Hayden. He's, he's reliable solid, back pocket. Solid man. Um, reliable back pocket. Yeah, yep. Yeah, agree with that one. Don't know the other two blokes. I can't half, comment. Half back flank. MJ Jono. Oh, he would, Jono would definitely be on my team. Um, and probably. 244 game player for Freo. Yep. Including All Australian. <laughs> good player. Yeah, very, um, very other, good player. Exactly. Other, so the centre half back picks itself is Lukey yeah. Mack. Super Mack, Luke McFarland. Really miss that bloke. I reckon he'd be. Like most, like many teams, centre half back of the last twenty five years. Yeah, maybe longer. He was a gun, man. Terrific, um, terrific. Then, he used to just always get there. He just t- took hangs. He was quick. Uh, he was pretty good with his skills. Not he, the most his, his first kick in kick. AFL was a goal for Hawthorne, Funnily enough, <laughs> um, he's good, man. Uh, other back flank was Ibsen. Yeah. You might remember. Fondly. <laughs> All right. Wing. Duffield. Paul Duffield. Fondest memory of him's the um, prelim against Sydney where he just banged that one from like 55. Bomb that goal from, yeah, yeah bomb that goal. Clearing. And that was like a clutch goal. Um, Stephen Hill on the other flank, which is, I think, picks itself almost. He's one of our best wingers. 
and then Nat Fife in the centre. It's pretty easy to, to chuck in. I reckon he's done enough already to be in our best team ever, um, being our first Brownlow medalist. Uh, on the half-forward flank, controversially not in the midfield, but you'll see why later on, is Lockie Neal. Yep. Uh, good forward, good midfielder, almost like an All-Australian. Like Good set of hands on him. Mate, he's got mitts. He's got mitts. Oh, Mitts Neal. Centre-half forward of the, I don't know, century, we'll call it. Pav, easy. Just get him in there. <laughs> to put him wherever. You could chuck him centre. You could put Fife at centre-half forward and put Pav in the middle if you wanted. Pav, yep. at his best, is literally any player on the ground. <laughs> um, look, literally, he could play Ruck. He'd probably win. He'd probably rove his own tap. Um, on the other half, that half forward flank was Walters. I chucked him in there after you got attacked me the other night. Yeah, I think I did My, question. That was the only one I questioned. I think I had him on the maybes because he's like 26. Yeah. But yeah, he's probably easily in there. So my full forward line is very exciting. So forward pocket number one is probably my favourite novelty docker. And by novelty, I mean like my favourite player that isn't like Pav or Fife or whatever. Like the favourite player that is outside of the regulars. He only played like three years at Freo. The character. Is Tony, Tony Modra. Yeah. <laughs> Modra was amazing. I actually got a photo with him at a grand final after the grand final breakfast. Dad was like, is that Tony Modra? As we were walking to the MCG. And I was like, uh, Dad, that's definitely not Tony Modra. And he's like, Matt, it is definitely Tony Modra. Or Tony Modra. And he turns around. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Do you want to get a photo? And he's like, yeah, of course, man. And I was like, Tony, you're one of my favorite players at Freo. And he's like, oh, you're a Freo fan. That's awesome. <laughs> Imagine it's just some random bloke. He's like, oh man, I can't believe I got that again. Nah, it was Locke, Tony Mudra. I'll send you the photo. <laughs> anyway, so here's my forward pocket. He took some hangs. And Maybe we can put these goals. photos up. That we'll All put the photos up. of me with people that I've Modra, annoyed. we'll have the Modra. Um, MJ. Prince of Pockets and MJ. All together if we can. There's a Pav one and a Sandy one too. We'll take them all. <laughs> we'll take them all. All right, my full forward, best team ever, is Justin Longmuir. Yeah, man in the glove, long sleeve. So he, long sleeve, he was a gun. When he went from ruck to full forward, he kicked some goals. and He was good. And then my forward pocket is the wizard. And Duck will get around that. Wizard was a gun forward pocket. Yep. All right, on ball, picks himself Sandy. Got a photo with him. I'll send that through. Uh, Peter Bell, I reckon Peter Bell was awesome. He was such a good captain. He understood the game very well. And um, I'll, I'd love to have him on ball in my team. Who rounds it out? David Mundy, yes. who I've also got a photo with. <laughs> How many people have I got a photo with? One, yeah, we two, do. three, four, five. And six, I've got six. And we haven't gone to the bench yet. I don't have any photos with any of the bench people, luckily. Is there any more that you've got with people who aren't on the team? Uh, nah, they're all battlers. <laughs> um, so my bench is Adrian Fletcher. Do you remember him? Nah, not at all. You probably wouldn't. Yeah, so he came from Brisbane initially. He's actually coaching over in Brisbane now. So Adrian Fletcher uh, was number two. In, he was probably the captain in the Demolition Derby or the co-captain. Um, just He used to go for torps all the time and stuff like that. It was pretty Love sweet. It. Heath Black, a yep. ra- raking left foot. Yep. Uh, Tony Barlow, Mick Barlow. I reckon he's one of our better players. And Paul Hazelby, I think, easily sneaks onto the bench. Yep. If he was a fitter man, he'd be on the ball. Who? You've got the list here of just missing. Who's missed out? I mean... There's about 10 players. Yeah, there's some there that they, it is tough, but I mean, I think you've picked a pretty good team um, besides players that I don't know. Well, I think there's a lot of arguable ones in there, but uh, Matthew and Josh Carr. Josh Carr probably didn't play enough for Frio. Matthew Carr probably didn't play well enough for us. Dale Kickett, I don't know. Was he that good? 
I remember him being awesome a few times. Uh, James Clement probably played his best footy at Collingwood, but it was pretty good for us. Winston Abraham probably played better footy at North, but was pretty good for us. I loved Cook. Yeah, Cook's one that could <laughs> probably get Cook? in there. Yeah, Troy Cook, big mm. treadies. He was good, and, and he it, absolutely shit mixed some hair. I think he was built like a brick shit house. <laughs> um, he was a tough man, and like just, I, I think he was just one of those people where you like run into them and you're like, good God, like are you made of lead? <laughs> They're just somehow heavier than normal matter. I think that was Troy Cook. Jeff, he was very fit as well. He just made, like all day would be running. Played for Sydney for a bit. Uh, Jeff White was really good for us. Went to Melbourne, obviously. Clive uh, yes. did some good things. Anthony Grover was a good Indigenous player. I've got some photos with him. We could probably get him in there. <laughs> Ryan Crowley uh, played, what, three or four really, really good seasons as a tagger. Chris Main, although all the things you say about him, he played 150 games, played in a maiden premiership, kicked a goal in the third quarter to put us back in it. Um Probably could have won us a uh, prelim final in 2015 if he kicked a goal from 10 metres out directly in front. And Ballantyne. <laughs> Ballantyne as well. He's up there. So, Post know. your thoughts. We'll put the team up for sure for some... Uh, see yeah, what people we reckon. post a photo. There's a few Mon players there, I mean, that have a case that could put them in there. Who gets your captain? Oh, that's a silly question, isn't it? Oh, that is a silly question. Pav is hands down the captain of the universe, let alone... Okay, who gets, who gets vice-captain then? Uh, good question. I reckon Peter Bell or McFarlane. Yeah, I'll see Co-vice-captains. Co oh, yeah. interesting. Oh, well, thanks for that, Juddy. Thanks for and taking Mundy's the time. And up there in the leadership group too, just leading the young kids through. Um, the people, I'll be screaming for these photos. I hope the people on the Facebook page also get around it. Oh, they will. <laughs> um, what have we got to... We've got nothing to look... For. We can't talk about a game next week. Um, that pretty much brings our our show and our season as well. bring our show to a bit of an end. Uh, we could always talk about... We could have a little episode before the finals. Yeah. Talk about predictions for us and for the finals. I don't know. Yeah, we could probably jump we'll in. See, we'll see. We'll, we'll throw it out to the people. See how bored everyone is next week. We'll see what controversy arises um, in finals football. There might be some hot topics, might be some MRP, some people get whacked. Oh, we can um, still MRP people. Yeah, but for now, that's the end of all the Dockers do. <laughs> the Dockers, the do- uh, week talk, to talk week. For one, year, for one year is now over. Yeah, and second we thank season. you for your support. <sighs> it's been lovely, team, and I'm a little bit emotional. <laughs> Especially after talking could, about Pav for that much. Pav for that long, yeah. Pav always makes me emotional. Give us your comments on the team of the century. I'm always happy to discuss who you think should be in there or not in there. Um, maybe we can just do a big quiz next week if uh, if anyone likes quizzes. I know Leonie loves a quiz. And um, other than that, we thank you for a year of support. Yeah, good to hear for from us. Get around Duck and Oz in the purple rain. Ozzy, Oz needs some support right now. He's in a bit of a very bad place. <laughs> Oz, uh, Oz is, is becoming an Eagles fan or something. I don't know. He um, needs to get out of his cave. He doesn't, yeah, it's, it's bad. But, you know, I, I feel like we can win him back. Oz, come back to us. Come back to the light. <laughs> um. But no, get around the boys around the Pebble Run. They put heaps of effort in. Like we honestly hang out for like 50 minutes a week. They actually put a lot of effort into their podcast and give us heaps of shout outs. And um, we owe them a lot of our support. So thank you very much, boys. Yeah. Particularly well, you, Ducky. You've been talking to me and Monkey a lot recently. Yeah, thoroughly enjoy Entertaining it. us a lot. Um, if you haven't listened to that Connor Blaze thing, you've got to get around and listen to that. That's, that's awesome. Um, it honestly became one of my favourite players, just listening to how normal he is. He's yeah. like, well, that guy's just a genuinely good country dude from like Bumbry or wherever he's from. Yeah, tells some good stories from... And it's just interesting hearing people talk about the draft and it was, it was particularly yeah. interesting. 
I love hearing those those stories, and particularly just hearing stories about like, oh, this is like actually what happened around the club, and you're like, oh wow, it sounds like a normal like environment. We get someone like, like that on, creates it, and yeah. you'd just be trying to take photos with them, or you'd be asking them about Jesse Hogan. You're like, is Jesse Hogan coming? I'd be taking a photo with him definitely. But is he leaving? Posting it, yeah. Does Brad Hill hate the club and, it, and has Ross Lyon have, lost the players? Do you have Matthew Pavlich's mobile number? Mate, I got direct access to Pav. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> oh, well, well, that's right. us um, for now. And thank you guys very much for tuning it's in. It's been Johnny. a ride. Yeah. We'll come Part back. Part two of the podcast is complete. All right. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much.